May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven and with saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. Well, you've been uh, sitting through a lot already, and I, uh, I, I promise you this will, won't be more than probably an hour, hour and a half, so um, <laughs> that's the reason, anticipation. I can't wait to get out of here. Um, no, that's not it. Um, I do want to take just a few moments. Uh, I so appreciated what, Robin, you said uh, about Lauren and uh, Abe, what you said about Matt. Uh, good words and your exhortation to us, Matt, as well. And uh, my intention is to sort of pitch this sermon to uh, this very mini sermon to uh, the Knapp family, but really it's a sermon to all of us and all of us to be included. And so Psalm 20 uh, takes us to, you tend to be full of anticipation, you know, when kids are going to a theme park for the first time. Uh, it's a picture of anticipation. They can't wait for that moment to happen or a hundred other things. But as you grow older, uh, we all know what happens, right? You begin to guard your anticipation. And why do you do that? Because you get disappointed sometimes. Life doesn't always fulfill what you anticipate. And so we learn to kind of go through life shutting down anticipation by talking about guarding it. Uh, in fact, uh, my first message to this church, uh, the title of it was, Expect to be Disappointed. <laughs> and hopefully you were. Um, the, but that was to guard some anticipation. Oh, we got a new guy, you know, whatever. Um, so what I want to do today is sort of use that moment to say, maybe the problem we have in life is not that we're guarding our anticipation, the problem we have is we're not guiding our anticipation. What is it or who is it we're anticipating? And this psalm does a great job of locking in our expectation on something, some event, and someone. So what's happening here in Psalm 20, and I believe you also have this text in your bulletin if you want to follow along, but the people, it's a, it's a prayer, obviously. It's a prayer kind of almost in the form of a benediction. It's a prayer of the people on behalf of their king. And their king is going to go out into battle on behalf of the nation. And we can pretty much see that because, first of all, it talks about a day of trouble in verse 1. And then it talks about chariots and horses in verse 7. Those are military ideas. So, so it's, a, it's a prayer uh, on the part of the people for this king. And as so often is the case in these psalms, 
you have to remember that when the, much of the Old Testament was written, uh, well, actually, before it was written, it was spoken. For many generations, the Word of God passed on to the next generation orally before it began to be written down. And when communication gets into an oral form, it's usually put in a form in such a way that people will remember it. They don't have to have words in front of them to remember it. And that's the case in this psalm as it is in most psalms. It starts with verse 1 with a prayer in need. It ends in verse 9 with a prayer in need. And then the middle sections, prayer for God's royal help in verses 2 and 4, confidence in God's royal help in verses 6 and 8. And the reason it's spoken this way is as the hearer hears this psalm, this song, uh, sung and spoken again and again, the very structure of this song forces you to the main theme of it, which is right in the middle, and that is anticipation of the king's victory as the people's victory. That's really the theme of this psalm. We might say that it's, it's a psalm about God being glorified in battle because of the favor he puts on the king's performance in battle. And it's obvious from this psalm, if you were to read it a handful of times, that God and the king are acting as one here. Uh, God is on every line of this psalm. The people are praying that um, kind of that Spanish thing, via con Dios, God go with you. And uh, what, they're, what they're saying is, we recognize that God and the king are one, and the king and God are one. God is all, we're praying that God would be all in for the king, and that the king would be all in for God. So that's happening, God and the king are one. But then something else is happening in the psalm that's interesting. The people and the king are one as well. And it's very subtle, but it happens through the, a change in this psalm from the, uh, the third person plural to the first person singular. And we'll, we'll see that in just a moment. But sometimes it's we, sometimes it's I speaking. And what we're seeing here is that in the end, God gets the credit for the victory, but the king and the people together share in the spoils of the victory. So you might ask, why, this, why did I pick this psalm for this Sunday, this Sunday with the naps? Which, by the way, this psalm also works perfectly for the, sending the Uganda team. In fact, this psalm actually works perfectly for all believers, all followers of Jesus. And the reason I did is because we're assembled here today to express our confident anticipation in sending the naps onto God's next assignment for them. And that confident anticipation is anchored in the same thing that this psalm is anchored in. Now, Matt and Lauren, as far as I know, are not military kings being sent to Minneapolis to do physical battle with them. Uh, but that's what happened. This psalm is about King David. He's God's anointed. The word means God's Messiah. He's being sent out into battle with his army on behalf of Israel. But in the same way, like all believers, the Naps are servants of the king of all kings. And they have been commissioned, even as Matt mentioned in his message, they've been commissioned to advance his kingdom or to run that race and to finish that course. And so today, we can pray this psalm very specifically for the Naps as they go. And we can pray it for all believers. And so the way we would pray this is by saying, 
uh, by reminding ourselves, first of all, this is what's known as a royal psalm. Not every psalm in the Bible, there's 150 of them here. Not all of them are royal psalms. By a royal psalm, what I mean by that is it's a psalm specifically written for the king and to celebrate the king's office. And so this is a psalm written about King David, uh, and it's a dress rehearsal. All of these royal psalms are a dress rehearsal for the ultimate king and the ultimate battle. And so we pray, verse 1, for the naps, may God put you in a high place. That's what it means when it says, may the name of God of Jacob protect you. Literally, may he put you in a high place, inaccessible from defeat. May God put you in a place where the, where the invading army can't reach you is the idea here in verse 1. And then in verse 2, may you experience the very presence of God uh, in the same visible way that the people experience the presence of God in their sanctuary in the city of Zion. May Matt and Lauren know the very visible, real presence of God in the place that he sends them. And then in verses 3 through 4, it speaks about sacrifice. May the Lord remember all of your burnt sacrifices. Now, sacrifices were these repeated acts on the part of Jews, and they primarily had two purposes, to cleanse them of sin and to consecrate them for whatever God would do with them. And uh, these were really acts of devotion and acts of submission. By the way, one of the great acts that we perform every time we gather together in the bread and cup is the same. We come to the bread and cup and we come to be consecrated. We come to be cleansed and be recommissioned. And so what happens in verses 3 and 4 is as we come, first of all, with our burnt sacrifices in this act of um, submission and devotion, it naturally follows in verse 4 that our hearts will become aligned with God and our plans will become aligned with God. So when we put verses 3 and 4 together, what we would say is, may your heart posture of devotion and submission, and this is what we pray and this is what we anticipate for Matt and Lauren, may, may you know the response of God's favor in giving you victory in the plans that you make. And that's what we, we look forward to, to hearing more about. And then finally in verses um, 6 and 8, something interesting is going on here. And you have to look at the very first line in verse 6, and you have to look at the very last line in verse 8. And I want you to notice something. Now, I know that the Lord saves his anointed. There's the first person tense, uh, or, or I should say a pronoun there. And then look at verse, uh, the last line of verse 8. We rise and stand upright. In those two lines is the gospel. Think about it for just a moment. The Lord saves his anointed. I know the Lord saves his anointed, verse 1. The Lord's anointed is the Lord's Messiah. The word anointed and Messiah mean this, means the same thing. God the Father saved Jesus ultimately, didn't he? Even though Jesus died on the cross. The Lord ultimately saved his anointed. And because of that, the last line of verse 8, you and I as sinners can rise up and stand upright. There is the gospel in just two simple little lines. And that's, so the way I would see this as a prayer is may the Lord, may the Father's promise, the covenant that he made long before Matt and Lauren ever came into existence, long before all of us came into existence, this covenant binding 
promise that God made to rescue humanity, to refine everyone he rescues, to renew this entire planet and turn it into heaven. May that promise that has been secured by the performance of Jesus' life and by the payment of Jesus' life, evidenced by his resurrection, and then given to us through the indescribable gift of his indwelling spirit, may that be your rock-solid certainty in this new assignment. Because no doubt you will face enemies that are too strong for you, and no doubt, verse 7, it will be tempting in those situations to trust in chariots and horses, to have control, to rely on a proven strategy, to look at your gifts and experiences. But may you say in that moment, this is really where the whole psalm culminates back in this idea of verse 5 of anticipation. May you say, because of God's promise, before every exciting challenge, before every unwanted suffering, before every relational tension that has no obvious solution, may you say the same words of, of Psalm 20. I know. I know the Lord saves his anointed, and that's all that matters. I have rock-solid certainty in that. And because of that, I know that it is God's sworn duty. It is the Father's sworn duty to not only save his anointed, but every branch attached to that vine as well. Over and over again, he will do that. He will advance his kingdom mission. And so in those moments when it just seems like life is not quite going like you'd like it to, for all of us, we come back to this and we remind ourselves of what's happening. God is up to something. He's up to something profoundly amazing and it cannot not come true. So see, anticipation has to be guided, not guarded. It has to be guided into the right person and to the right mission, which leads us back to verse 5. But before we get to verse 5, it's a beautiful place for us to prepare for our own sacrifice, if you will, our own offering. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward, as well as the people serving communion. As always, we'll invite any of you who are here who know Jesus Christ as Jesus the Christ, the, the anointed, the one who has uh, paid your penalty, the one who you call Savior and Lord, and you just come up this center aisle in just a moment to take a bread and cup, and then I'll lead us in just a few moments in doing that. But as we do come this morning, as verse 5 speaks about, we shout for joy over salvation in the name of God, we set up our banner. We anticipate the Lord fulfilling all our petitions. In a sense, what we're doing this morning in sending the naps, we are pre-celebrating their future victories. We're not doing that because we're so confident in ourselves and our decision. We're doing that because of this table. We're doing that because all of life is anticipating the presence of the Lord showing up and giving us victories and answering our petitions and protecting us because the king went out to battle for us and he was, victor he was victorious on our behalf. And as a result, we are getting spoils from his battle all the time in our life if we would look for him. So we all come now to share in the death and victory of Christ. We all come to be cleansed and consecrated through the process of bringing our sin here 
and leaving cleansed and being consecrated for battle, swearing our allegiance to the king, and then actually leaving this place today, honoring the king, because we anticipate that what he began at the cross, he is still doing this day and on into the future. What we're anticipating is something called grace, which hopefully Matt and Lauren know it's spelled with an extra R. And so the word grace, G-R-R-A-C-E, we anticipate God's reigning righteousness at Christ's expense. So let me pray for us, and then you come. Father, we are grateful for the sacrifice of your son who went out into battle on our behalf. You poured your favor on his performance, and we are right now enriched by the spoils of that victory in ways we can't even imagine. So even as we come this morning to this table, cleanse us, consecrate us as we swear our allegiance to you, and, and as we anticipate for us and specifically today for Matt and Lauren, we anticipate you answering the richness of this psalm on their behalf because of their king's performance. In Jesus' great name, amen.